Greetings, people of God. Uh, this begins a series of videos that will serve uh, as your way of receiving pastoral care uh, from me during this time. I do want to let you know that as I record these videos, there are likely to be times where things don't go exactly right. There may be uh, small pauses or there may be things that I misstate slightly uh, because I'm going to try to do most of these in one take uh, in order uh, that we don't uh, have all day uh, taken trying to record videos when uh, I could be doing other pastoral care. So this video in particular uh, is going to serve as our midweek Lenten uh, series service. This will be the continuation of what we have been doing. And I'm going to do parts of the service we normally would do on here, and I will link you to some other things uh, where you can find some music to meditate upon uh, and other things like that as we go forward. Let us begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we hear the word of the Lord from Exodus chapter 20. As God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, by showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock, or the sojourner who is in your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. That is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our topic for tonight is, what sins should we confess? It happens in almost every service where we are celebrating the Lord's Supper. After we have begun with some opening responses to think about confessing our sins, there is that moment of silent reflection before we actually confess those sins. And I think you all know how that goes. Some weeks, that silence doesn't seem long enough. A lot of things come to your mind and you start rattling them off before the Lord. Of course, there are other weeks when that silence seems a little too long. You can't think of anything right off the top of your head, and so you wonder if the pastor up front has fallen asleep or something. You wonder what is going on, why it's taking so long, and why we don't move on. 
Well, what happens when it is true, whether it's in that moment of silence in the service or whether it is simply at night when you are saying your prayers before you go to bed and confessing the sins of the day to God there, what do you do when you can't think of much specifically? Well, I don't think it's that you'll think you're absolutely perfect, but you might think there are no grave sins that you need to confess that day, nothing of a particular notable nature. So what are you to do? Well, actually, we get some very sound advice from the Catechism. It suggests that the way that we should go about examining our lives is through two ways. One, we look at the commandments of God, and secondly, we look at the vocations or roles God has given us to play. So we can really do this quite simply. We can pick out one commandment. Let's take the fourth commandment and say, we're to honor our father and mother, and we know that that means that not only are we to honor our father and mother, but the other authorities that God has placed into our life. And then we might ask, well, how have I done that if I'm a child to my parents? How have I done that if I'm an employee to my employer? How have I done that as a citizen to the government? As we think through the specifics, indeed sins will come to mind. We'll remember interactions with those people where we have not acted as we should. And again, we shouldn't just necessarily pick one commandment or one role we have in life, but we can do this for as long as the time allows. Go through various commandments and the various roles we have to play. And as we do that, our lack of sin will be shown that that was only something that was in our mind, that there indeed are plenty of specific sins to confess. Then what do we do? Well, when we know those sins, we confess them. But how or where do we confess them? Well, again, the Catechism helps us here with easy answers. It says, first, we should confess all of those sins that we know to God. Right? We shouldn't try to hide any of them. We shouldn't act as if they're not sin. We should simply come clean. We should simply tell God what we have done, for he already knows. But then it tells us also we should confess the sins that we don't even know. And it says we should do that like we do in the Lord's Prayer. Well, what does that mean? Well, every time we pray the prayer that our Lord has taught us, we pray, forgive us our trespasses. And so we should pray general prayers of confession like that, because even if we do our examination well, there's going to be things we have done that are sinful that are never going to come to mind. And so we ask God to forgive us for our specific sins that we know, but also for all sins that we've done, even those we don't remember in the moment. So we can do that before God. We might do that on our bed at night. We certainly should do it when the people of God gather in the house of the Lord and make that confession, I, a poor, miserable sinner, together. We should at that time do this before God. But the Catechism also tells us that there is another thing that we should consider doing. That if some of those sins that we remember plague our conscience particularly, if we have told God on our bed at night, or if we have told him in corporate worship, and yet the devil continues to convince us that those sins are too grave for God to forgive, well, then we should go in and we should speak to our pastor about that. We should confess those sins privately to our pastor. Not because that makes it more likely that they'll be forgiven, 
But God gives us this gift as a great comfort for us. He gives it to us in order that our consciences might be clean before God. For when you come into your pastor and confess a sin, you don't have to worry that he's going to tell someone else. You don't have to worry that he's going to think differently of you once you have done so. You come into your pastor because he is going to hold that confession in confidence, and then he is going to turn to you and assure you that the very sin that is plaguing your conscience was, in fact, paid for at Calvary, that Jesus has died for that sin. And then he is likely going to put his hand on your head, and he is going to tell you directly, I forgive you of that sin. And I forgive you of it, right? Not because I, the pastor, have power, but because Christ's power has been given to the church, which has been given to the pastor, to assure you of the forgiveness of your sins. And that is a great comfort. All too often, we allow our consciences to be plagued over and over again, time and time, sometimes for years and years, rather than simply coming before our pastor whom God has given us, confessing those sins and being assured of the forgiveness of sins for those specific acts. All throughout these Lenten sermon series, I've been telling you to think about this question. What will happen if I confess my sins? Again, we know the answer. We know that if we confess our sins, those sins we have thought of, and even those sins we don't know, God will forgive us, and we will live. Thanks be to God. Amen. Then at this time, we will hear the words of Psalm 103. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits in his word, I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchman for the morning, more than watchman for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him there is plentiful redemption. And he will redeem Israel from all of his iniquities. That wonderful word that reminds us of God's forgiveness. And finally, let us just hear the words of the catechism that I referenced in the sermon. The question is, what sins should we confess? The answer, before God, we should plead guilty of all sins, even those we are not aware of, as we do in the Lord's Prayer. But before the pastor, we should confess only those sins which we know and feel in our hearts. Which are these? Consider your place in life according to the Ten Commandments. Are you a father, mother, son, daughter, husband, wife, or worker? Have you been disobedient, unfaithful, or lazy? Have you been hot-tempered, rude, or quarrelsome? Have you hurt someone by your words or deeds? Have you stolen, been negligent, wasted anything, or done any harm? I want to leave you today with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. God be with you until I see you again this way. If you need any pastoral care, please don't hesitate to call me. 
My phone number is 320-372-0773, and we'll continue to post other things and any sort of announcements that need to be made, both on our Facebook page and also on Peace's webpage at plcms.com. God's peace rest upon you.